you look at pigs and their natural environment in a non-domesticated environment, wild boars, for example, don't mate in the fall, which avoids putting litters on the ground in the cold winter months. So this phenomenon is, is carried over into the domestic pig population as well, obviously to a lot lesser degree. Welcome to Inside the Helix, a podcast presentation from DNA Genetics. Throughout this series, we focus on all things that matter to the pork industry. You'll hear from our award-winning team of geneticists, veterinarians, animal care providers, nutritionists, and other industry-leading experts. We'll explore pig production from genetic improvement all the way to meat quality. Listen along as we take a deep dive inside the DNA Helix. Seasonal fertility can be a challenge for the swine industry, especially during these summer months. We're going to discuss this topic today with Dr. Corey Faust, a veterinarian and director of the Gene Centers with DNA Genetics. Dr. Faust, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. So before we begin today, let me get a sense of your background, Corey. What really led you to want to become a veterinarian? Sure. So I grew up uh, northeast Nebraska, grew up in a small town. My dad uh, actually owned a feed store, had a small milling operation. So I uh, got exposed to that fairly early in life. One thing that I always uh, maybe enjoyed or, uh, or seeing him do is as he brought professionals into the business, whether that's a feedlot consultant, a swine consultant, nutritionalist, veterinarian to help his customers out, uh, something that just kind of uh, interested me and uh, thought that might be something that I'd want to do. So uh, after high school, Went to the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, animal science, and then as that uh, degree ended up finishing up, I went to Kansas State University and went to vet school there, and uh, so that was roughly 25 years ago and been with Pillen Family Farms ever since. You're just a glutton for punishment. Just wanted to keep going back for more and more education. That's so, right. <laughs> was your interest always within the swine industry, or did you were you kind of broad at first and then you found this opportunity, or how did that evolve? Yeah, sure. So growing up, kind of been around all facets of livestock and kind of all interested me. Um, probably had uh, the species I probably had the most experience with was with pigs. But in, in vet school, uh, I had a couple clinicians and a practitioner in that area that worked pretty close with the vet students uh, that were interested in working with pigs. And um, yeah, they kind of became early mentors for me and uh, sparked my interest in that area. And uh, I've been working with pigs ever since. Apologies if you said this already, but you said you've been basically with Pill and Family Farms and DNA and Genetics since graduating from vet school. Roughly how many years ago has that been? Yeah, so uh, right at 25 years. 25 years, so. 25 years. So let's dive into the topic at hand then, seasonal infertility. In its most general sense, what what is this? Yeah, sure. So season infertility can be characterized um, by decreased breeding and farrowing performance in swine, which usually um, occurs in late summer and early fall. So if, if you look at pigs and their natural environment in a non-domesticated environment, wild, wild boars, for example, don't mate in the fall, um, which avoids putting litters on the ground in the cold winter months. Um, so this phenomenon is, is carried over into the domestic pig population as well, obviously to a lot lesser degree, but certain production parameters are still observed due to these seasonal effects. So this can really result in a whole host of challenges. Let's talk about the effects this may have on a swine herd. Yeah, sure. So essentially any measurable reproductive parameter can be impacted negatively by seasonal infertility. So this, this can include delayed puberty in both the gilt and in the boar. 
lowered conception rates, lowered farrowing rates, born alive, and total born. And in cases with heat stress, wean weights can also be reduced due to lowered lactation feed intakes. So death loss can increase as well. Aborts may increase uh, in the late summer and early fall seasons just simply due to heat stress. So as we look at seasonal infertility, do we have any sense of why this, this occurs? Sure. It's, it's multifactorial. Several things can impact it. Uh, one thing we do know about pigs is their, their hormones in their system respond to shorter day lengths. So uh, primary hormone that's impacted by this is luteinizing hormone, or LH, which is produced by the pituitary gland in the pig. And as days become shorter, the amount of LH produced is decreased. And L- LH is an important hormone um, in the reproductive success of a gilt and sow. Uh, it affects uh, onset of puberty. It affects the wean to estrus interval. And it's a key hormone needed to maintain pregnancy. Temperature itself is another factor for seasonal infertility. Warmer temperatures will drive down feed net intakes and lactation, causing a negative energy balance in the lactating sow. A sow in a negative energy balance during lactation will generally take more time to return to estrus, produce fewer follicles, and therefore have fewer eggs, resulting in decreased litter size. In addition, you know, we talk about seasonal infertility in sows, but it can also have a negative impact on the boar, specifically heat stress in the boar. In addition, temperatures can have a negative impact on the boar as well. It is well documented that boars exposed to temperatures above 83 degrees for a two-day period or more can have a negative impact on sperm cell production. Interesting to note that data is is fairly old, and with today's genetics, boars are a lot leaner, grow a lot faster, just a different metabolic animal than it was 20, 30 years ago, and that temperature requirement realistically is quite a bit lower for that boar today. So Corey, is seasonal fertility fairly predictable? Meaning, I guess if I have this for one year, am I likely to have issues over and over again until I change my management practices? Yeah, sure. So as I mentioned earlier, seasonal infertility can be influenced by a multitude of factors. Temperatures may vary. That may impact the ability to predict reproductive performance or seasonal changes in reproductive performance. Management practices also definitely play a role. Some farms will see very little to no impact from seasonal effect. Other farms in the same geography reason will have a fairly substantial impact. So this would indicate that there's a lot of management practices that are being done, either good or bad, that is having an impact on these seasonal effects. I I think it's also important to keep in mind that not all reproductive issues in the fall or late summer are due to seasonal infertility and we shouldn't be too quick to chalk up these seasonal effects to seasonal infertility. It might be an impact of of people using vacation in the summer months, you know, maybe the loss of some seasonal help that we utilize during the summer, or just general lack of good qualified trained labor uh, may be causing some of these issues. So it's important for us to look at all factors when trying to solve seasonal reproductive problems. As a veterinarian, how would you properly diagnose seasonal infertility then? Is there a good way to kind of do that then? Because you've mentioned it could be a lot of these other factors as well. Yeah, I think just having a real good um, history of what that farm is, is normally doing throughout the entire season and just determining uh, what reproductive parameters are, are affected, you know, in the summer or fall months. Just determine is there really an aberration from the norm. So then are there ways that producers can really minimize overall 
risk of seasonal infertility? Yeah, for sure. I think there's several things we can do. Obviously, the modernization of pork production by itself has done a lot to help reduce the impact of seasonal infertility. You know, as a small kid, I remember pigs being raised outside on dirt lots. Uh, Sows were gestated on dirt, moved inside to farrow and straw. And at that time, all services were natural, no artificial insemination. So, So things have changed a lot. Modern indoor facilities have controlled lighting power ventilation, cool cells, and other types of cooling systems. And that in itself has really helped improve the process. There's obviously some other things that we can do. I've outlined four of those. One is is just making sure those cooling systems are effective and functioning properly. So cool cells working properly, dripper cells set properly, just making sure uh, every component of the ventilation system is doing what it's designed to do and working properly. Second one would be feed intakes, um, specifically lactation intake. So that lactation intake of the sow really drives a reproductive success of that sow on her next litter. So anything we can do to help improve lactation intake is beneficial. Um, As far as feed intakes go as well, um, can't forget about guilt and bore development and how nutrition can uh, have an impact. On, on that aspect of production as well. Body condition, definitely well documented that a thin sow, an athletic sow uh, going into lactation will consume more feed during your lactation cycle and, and subsequently have better litters um, after that. And the same is true for a boar too. A boar that is in good body condition, athletic, uh, will perform better, hold up better and respond respond to stressors, specifically heat as well. And then the fourth one is, is qualified labor. We all know that labor can be an obstacle in this business, but just making sure we have good qualified labor, especially doing the key task to, to drive the successes of our business. So that's estrus detection, uh, inseminations, uh, just making sure the details are being done right all the time. Now, Corey, you're the director of the Gene Center System within DNA Genetics. And when I say Gene Center, is that ultimately a boar stud? Yeah, correct. We use the terminology Gene Center, but yeah, the two terms are pretty much uh, compatible. We use the term Gene Center within our system and and, and just use that throughout. Sure. So this might be a a shameless plug for DNA Genetics, but, but why should producers or why would producers want to buy their genetics from a gene center opposed to any other boar stud? Yeah, sure. I think it starts with the team of people that we have. We've got a great group of team members that really care about what they do. They take pride in what they do and just make sure that we're delivering a consistent and quality product to our customers every day. We've invested in the most modern technologies from facility designs to uh, boar collection areas to analysis and packaging equipment of semen, and and we really try to maintain consistent protocols throughout our network of gene centers. Biosecurity protocols are consistent as well, from the entry of people, the entry of supplies, removal of mortalities, calls, and trash. All those protocols will be consistent from site to site, and we do monthly audits to ensure that those protocols are being done properly. Our sites are filtered, maintained with positive pressure, We have testing protocols in place with same-day results for primary pathogens just to minimize uh, disease risk. 
and um, our distribution network would work uh, would provide same day deliveries for next day use as well. Also, we work really close with a third party quality control lab. Um, just to ensure that the consistency of our product and the quality of our product is being delivered every day. So you just mentioned a number of different things. How how maybe can these specific things that you mentioned play a role in seasonal fertility in boars? Yeah, sure. So lots of things involved with seasonal infertility for boars, but what we've done through our network of gene centers is we've just put a lot of focus on making sure that we produce a consistent and quality product year-round minimizing heat stress is a big part of that. Spermatogenesis, which is the length of time it takes for a spermatozoa produced by the germ cell of a testes to a mature sperm cell, is roughly 49 days. So depending on the level of the heat stress event, sperm cell production can can be negatively impacted for, for up to seven weeks. So it can be detrimental to the success of a gene center. So eliminating heat stress is, is is critical and what we have done is installed air conditioning systems through our gene centers here in the midwest so this allows us to maintain consistent temperatures between 66 and 72 degrees fahrenheit year round and that essentially has eliminated any drop in performance in our gene centers during the late summer and early fall the air conditioning also uh, has an added benefit it removes uh, a lot of the moisture in the air and improves air quality provides just a much drier environment that's uh, cleaner for the boars. It's a better environment for the people, cleaner collection area, and really minimizes the risk of bacterial contamination in the collections as well. We've talked about a lot of different things today from seasonal infertility to gene centers and all of those, those types of things. What would your take home or key message be for producers that are listening to this podcast? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I think the guess the the one take home message uh, that ultimately impacts everything that we do on a daily basis is the importance of our of our team members and the quality of our team. So whether we're talking about minimizing impact of seasonal effects on sow farms or gene centers, we cannot solve these issues without a good team of people. Very fortunate to have such a great team of people to work with in our network of gene centers, and in general with the DNA and Pill and Family Farms uh, teams as well. All right, very good. I want to give a special thanks today to our guest, Dr. Corey Faust, a veterinarian and director of the DNA Genetics Gene Centers, for talking about seasonal infertility today. For more topics like these, visit the program archive at dnaswinegenetics.com or wherever you find your podcasts. For Inside the Helix, I'm Curtis Harms. Thanks for listening to this episode of Inside the Helix, presented by DNA Genetics. Inside the Helix is released every other Tuesday and is focused on what matters to the swine industry. To catch up on previous episodes, visit us online at dnaswinegenetics.com or find us at your favorite podcast streaming platforms. You can also keep up with DNA Genetics throughout the year by following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. For Inside the Helix, I'm Curtis Harms. Thank you.